Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SPC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SPC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? If people only knew what we went through to uh, record this podcast every week. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You and I are both sitting in cars. Uh, you are on family vacation in Branson, so you're trying to not disturb your family. And I am in the car in my driveway because uh, we are, we've been having some work done on our house. And I'm telling you, that background, uh, that soundtrack of Wego and Coco in the background that you get every week, um, it would have been more than just a soundtrack in the background. They're uh, they're going pretty nuts in the house right yeah. now. So I have SBC moved to the car. this week with Coco and Wego. That's right. So I have I have moved to the car, and uh, so yeah, we'll do we'll do what we need to do to to get the news there. So yep. So uh, yeah, th- this week's uh, car edition of SBC right. this week, and thankful for mobile hotspots as well. There you go. To there be able you to have Wi-Fi out here. So all right, Amy. Well, let's jump into it this week. If you're looking for theological education that includes both academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience, then check out Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. The best way to do that is to attend their fall preview day on October 21st. Preview days are your opportunity to see firsthand all that Southwestern Seminary has to offer. During your visit, you'll tour the campus, speak with faculty members, chat with fellow students, and experience the unique campus community of Southwestern Seminary. And all preview day attendees will have a chance to win a $1,500 scholarship. Fall preview day is October 21st, so register today for free at swbts.edu slash preview. That's swbts.edu slash preview. Got a little news from Southwestern later in the show. Uh, Big trustee meeting coming up next week. But we start with a actual Southwestern alum, Amy. SBC President Bart Barber last week was featured on CBS's flagship show, 60 minutes man um i don't know about you but it it was kind of weird like watching that i mean i've i grew up watching 60 minutes my dad watches it every sunday these are you know big national shows and usually you're watching as an outsider it was very strange to watch it cover us yeah what kind of weirdo watches 60 minutes growing up amy jonathan after 400 episodes i think no one is surprised that is true that is true. Yeah. I called it the flagship show. I was afraid that you were going to correct me on that uh, with the uh, CBS Sunday morning show that you like so much. 60 Minutes is probably the flagship. CBS Sunday morning is the best, though. It's still the best. All right. Well, enough best. about that. Yes. Let's talk about the interview. Yeah. So I didn't get to see it live. We were at uh, some Southeastern trustee events. Uh, Same. I was in a theme park. <laughs> right. Right. So caught it when, when we got home, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was significant as a 13 minute segment. Anderson Cooper was the one who conducted the interview and, you know, he, he didn't, uh, he didn't hold back. He, he, he asked everything went right for it. Talked about views on Donald Trump, on separation of church and state, on abortion, immigration, same-sex marriage, and then obviously uh, the issues of sexual abuse in the SBC. And uh, Bart Barber did not hold back in his responses. He was, he just came right at it. You know, a lot of like, yes, no, (laughs) very, very just straightforward responses. And those straightforward responses were well taken by many in the SBC. I mean, it, it was almost unanimous, you know, thankfulness for Bart 
and how he stood for biblical sexuality, for religious liberty, and several other topics important to Southern Baptists. Right. I think he he did a good job in a really tough, you know, moment. And also, you know, I had seen him discuss on Twitter that their interview where they sat down, the part where they're really doing a lot of, you know, just that straight up Q&A lasted about 90 minutes. And I mean, only half of this 13 minute segment was that there was also B-roll. There was Ryan Berg, you know, gave some uh, interview. Um, so if you think about like a 90 minute discussion that only about six minutes gets pulled from, I, Bart even went into it not knowing yeah. what was going to to be on there. So yeah, because you never know how the editors are going to chop up 90 minutes worth of. That's interview. right. Um, also, not that this is the most important thing, but I just like to point out. Uh, I saw both of us in the B-roll footage yeah. from the executive committee meeting. So we made 60 minutes, Jonathan. I, I I don't know if I would go that far, but okay. I was in the background talking to John Nelson is where I was at one point. And then you were in the background. I didn't even know CBS News was there. I yeah, mean, were, obviously, uh, they you, had obviously camera crew you there. knew. Yeah, you knew, but I didn't. So, uh, well, yeah. We try to lots- keep those things on the down low, Amy. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I remember the camera now, but I had no idea who it was. So yeah. A- anyway, it it definitely uh, captured a, a moment, and so there's a we'll put the Baptist Press article about it in the show notes. Uh, but then also you can access the interview online, and there's a link to it there as well. Yeah. So we'll we'll put that link in the show notes. It's it's there. A couple of stories, a reaction story as well. We mentioned the near unanimous support and and affirmation of bart in the interview so uh, a well done bart barber with 60 minutes i mean also a well done to our southern baptist disaster relief group down in florida they are nearing half a million meals prepared in the wake of hurricane ian wow nearly half a million and possibly i mean that was when this released i bet you Uh, we're we're over it now yeah we're over half a million Yeah. yeah Um, and approximately at the stage that that BP story came out, approximately 730 recovery jobs for homeowners. You know, one thing that we forget is that uh, in the area of disaster relief, when something hits, particularly like a hurricane or a flood, it happens. The world sort of surrounds it. Everyone is very uh, concerned and it's a real emergency. They're kind of dealing with the first responders and things. But then once that sort of passes, there's so much work, months and months and months, sometimes years of cleanup work that has to be done, repair work on homes and people who don't have anywhere to to live, uh, things like that. So a lot of times after the media has left, uh, disaster relief workers are still there and are sticking around. And that's what's happening on the ground now. Every day there's stuff. I remember um, the flood in Nashville. Keith was involved in some in relief work for that. And it was months of just because every day you got to go back in and do more and more and more to kind of reconstruct. And so those teams are down there even today. Um, as of this uh, story, they had seen 45 people profess faith in Christ. Um, so they're not just helping, they're having gospel conversations yeah. on the ground. Um, so really, really good stuff. Yep. Those 45 more important than those 500,000 meals. Um, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of thing, that, that number is bigger 
than the 500,000. Uh, not that the 500,000 meals is not important, but I think, Amy, you know where I'm going with that. So, uh, yeah, congrats to all our SBDR folks down in Florida. I know it, it's a big, big effort, uh, probably the largest effort of 2022 for our disaster relief folks down there in Florida. So uh, thank you to all who are giving, who are going, and who are serving down there with Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. Over to the North American Mission Board, Amy, uh, where they had a webinar on Wednesday with the He Gets Us group. Uh, they have since uh, changed course on that. And uh, Kevin Ezell put out a statement on Thursday, basically saying that NAM is no longer going to really partner with the He Gets Us group. You can read the full statement over there at Baptist Press. The link is in the show notes for that. I know uh, some people had kind of had some questions about that this week. So there's a statement from Dr. Ezell. And then we move up to Midwestern, Amy, where they are experiencing the 10th year in a row with consecutive enrollment growth. So year after year after year, 10 years in a row, a decade of consecutive enrollment growth. They are now up to 4,917 total students uh, last year in the academic year, and they're going to be up again this year. They said they're up 5% already for the 2022-23 academic year. That is up from the 1,182 students in 2010 and 11. So in 11 years, they've gone from 1,182 students to 4,917 students. So, wow. And uh, we, we've mentioned, I think, Dr. Allen's new book, uh, Turnaround, here on the podcast. He talks about that uh, and the, the turnaround that they've seen at Midwestern. So a big uh, hearty congratulations to our friends at Midwestern. And Amy, we mentioned Southwestern has a trustee meeting next week. Yes, they will be having their regular trustee meeting next week. So they had um, in the last few weeks, they had that meeting of the executive committee. Then they had a called meeting of their full board. This is actually their regularly scheduled board meeting, um, but they will receive an update on the state of the seminary and plans for the future. And then... Um, then David Dockery, who is the interim president, said uh, it's important to share that information with the trustees first, and then it will be shared as appropriate with faculty and some members of the administrative staff. So that will be, uh, it'll be a really important meeting. It's the regular meeting, but there's so much change that has happened just in the last month. And so the trustees will kind of come into the flow of that to see where things are. Yeah, so I think a lot of eyes will be on Fort Worth next week. We'll have somebody over there from Baptist Press. Uh, Scott Barkley is headed that way. We'd actually already planned on having folks at trustee meetings. Tim Cox is going to Midwestern. Uh, their meeting is next week. And Scott Barkley will be headed to Southwestern up in Fort Worth. I had that planned before any of this happened. So got a couple of folks at our trustee meetings trying to get our BP reporters on campus at least once a year for all these trustee meetings. And uh, speaking of trustee meetings, had a couple this week, Amy. We start at Southern Seminary, uh, where they met, and uh, kind of business as usual up there at Southern Seminary. And so some updates from Dr. Moeller regarding the institution's financial health and enrollment. Says the financial health remains strong, and the enrollment continues to be robust. Uh, not any details in those numbers. Dr. Moeller and the leadership up at Southern kind of just saying things are going strong, going well. They experienced their second highest total of student hours sold in the history of the seminary. As well, Boyce College, the undergraduate arm of Southern Seminary, has its highest ever dorm occupancy with 509 students living on campus. And then finally, they approved a sabbatical leave for Abraham Kuravila, who serves as the Carl E. Bates Professor for Christian Preaching. So he'll get a sabbatical leave. And then uh, a couple of things, too. Uh, they passed a resolution for Dr. Moeller and also made a presentation to Mary Moeller 
uh, about the Seminary Wives Institute. So, yeah. Yes, they did. Um, th- it was the 25th anniversary of the Seminary Wives Institute. I'm a product of that. So it's kind of cool. So yeah, congratulations to Mary on that. And also Amy, uh, Southeastern held their trustee meeting this past week as well. That's right. So a uh, big, big thing out of that one is uh, Jonathan Six, good friend of the pod and friend of ours was uh, voted to be, uh, was elected vice president of institutional advancement. Yeah, so just hung out with him uh, a couple weeks my, ago. Yeah. And so he was my, uh, my coworker, my colleague, we were uh, directors together in the institutional advancement area. And now he's moving on up. Um, so I was, I was excited about that. Um, also had kind of some just boilerplate things, addition of an MA in cross-cultural counseling and undergraduate certificate in Christian ministry, um, a couple of, uh, student aid funds, things like that that were started. Uh, But also the trustees voted to rename the academic building that's here after uh, the the one on the West Quad after Ralph Logan Carson. He was the first full-time African-American professor at Southeastern from 1994 to 2005. Um, Just an incredibly faithful professor and and a good, good man. He was an international missionary, um, also really well known on campus as just this great preacher. Someone posted, I saw a video of one of his chapel sermons. So he was legally blind, um, would stand there and I think read in Braille. He had it on the, on the podium and he had this nickname. They called him the wheel because sometimes he would get so exercised while he, while he was preaching um, that he would kind of spin around on stage. And it was this incredible uh, display. He was beloved, actually was my, uh, well, before we lived in this house, he lived in the house behind where we live now and, um, and until he died. So a neighbor to the dues. Uh, but uh, anyway, really, really wonderful man, great legacy. And so Carson Hall will now be on Southeastern's campus. Yeah, and that's over by the Ledford Center, right? That's right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, congratulations to good friend of the pod, Jonathan Six, again, on his uh, official appointment. He'd been serving in that capacity, just kind of waiting on trustee approval, right? So um, yes. that, that news had come a few months ago. And also that announcement uh, that that would be renamed, not to Carson Hall yet, but uh, that, that was made official this past week. And uh, that's right. Knew that from a, a while back. All right, Amy, IMB. The Missions College, hosting Missions College, two opportunities, an East Coast and a West Coast next year for Missions College. Uh, A lot of information about this. We've been invited to this a couple of times, haven't been able to make it in the past. Uh, January 4th through the 7th in Richmond, Virginia, out there at the uh, the ILC. And then also uh, in February, later in February, out in California. So they're going to do one out there, too. So those of you who may be interested in this, and, and if you're involved in missions heavily in your church or uh, whatever it may be, I would in, I would encourage you to go to this. It's a training event for pastors, church leaders, mission trip participants, and church members engaged in missions, or just people who are interested in partnering with IMB teams. So it centers around 11-hour learning tracks led by missionaries with extensive field experience, and you can choose one of the following tracks. So there's Foundations for Missions, Mission Scope, Cross-Cultural Evangelism and Discipleship, Displaced Peoples, Using Oral Methods for Discipleship and Leadership Development, Global Cities, and Strategy Coaching for Mission Team Leaders Involved in Church Planning. So uh, one of the most popular tracks is that Cross-Cultural 
evangelism and discipleship track. So I, I could see why that's that's kind of the one that everybody's wanting to know how to do that because yeah, if you're going out on missions, you're going to be doing cross cultural evangelism and discipleship, right? That's right. That's right. They also have breakout sessions and daily worship times. Um, breakout sessions are things like short-term trips, uh, prayer strategies, next generation missions, several different things, culturally appropriate gospel presentations, just lots of, uh, lots of things. Cost is $249 per person, and that includes training, materials, lodging for three nights, and meals. So a uh, pretty cool thing they've got going. Yeah. So check it out, the IMB Missions College. A couple of more notes from around the SBC, Amy, before we finish with the news. The Chinese Southern Baptist Fellowship met for the first time in four years. They meet uh, biennially and uh, because of COVID, could meet a couple years ago. So they met for the first time and elected a new president, vice president. All the information's in the, the show notes here. But also the big thing was installed a new executive director, Jeremy Sin. Uh, so congratulations to Jeremy on his leadership of the Chinese Baptist Fellowship. Amy, also uh, some news, uh, some sad news, really, from North Greenville University. They uh, lost a baseball player last week to a, a sudden death. Yeah, this is really tough. Davis Heller, first baseman on their baseball team. He died October 5th um, in his off-campus apartment. It looks like um, initial indications say that he died of natural causes, but don't really know anything else. Um, just, just really sad. He's from Arizona and, uh, you know, the North Greenville is the defending national champion, you know, in division two. Oh, that's um, right. I'd forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. But he, but he transferred in from university of Alabama. So he was kind of a new addition to the program. It's just incredibly sad that uh that this happened i'm definitely praying for his family but these these are just always really tough tough things the coach said uh, he was a positive force everywhere he went um greeted everyone with a smile constantly uplifted those around him an example of what a great teammate should be um so i just uh really really very sad for that hate to end on a sad note amy but that is going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in sbc history amy blow our minds all right we're going to go to 1953 and this time i do all kinds of things you know i do fun stories i do crazy stories i do poems you know uh, it, it's everything but this time we're going to do just an actual milestone um in 1953 on October 13th, at the semi-annual meeting of the Foreign Mission Board, which is what we now know as the International Mission Board, they elected Baker James Cawthon as executive, as executive secretary of the Foreign Mission Board. He was succeeding M. Theron Rankin, who had died on, uh, on June 27th, 1953, um, so Dr. Cawthon had uh, been a missionary in China, um, had served there from 39 to 45, um, and then he took kind of a higher role supervising mission work um, for the Foreign Mission Board in China, Japan, and Hawaii. And then he had led in the opening of new mission work in Formosa, Indonesia, uh, Korea, Malaya, the Philippine Islands, and Thailand. Um, he went on uh, to serve. He served from 1954 until he retired in 1979, and then he died in 1985. All right, get this. Under his leadership, the number of Southern Baptist missionaries increased from 908 to nearly 3,000. Wow. 
the number of countries grew from 32 to 95 and mission financing increased from 6.7 million to 76.7 million. Wow. Yeah. Billy Graham said he was a father figure to Southern Baptist missionaries, one of the greatest missionary statesmen in all American church life, and one of the most powerful speakers on missions that Billy Graham had ever heard. Um, so a pretty incredible milestone um, that, that that actually happened, you know, in 1953, this week in SBC history, really important week in uh, what we are now. We yeah, wouldn't be wow. where we are without Baker James Cawthon. Well, Dr. Cawthon would have been excited about that $200 million Lottie Moon Christmas offering we celebrated last week. I think he probably would have been. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. wow. Probably cool. could not even fathom it. Probably, uh, like, especially when he yeah. started. Uh, probably million. didn't even have the ability to, comp to comprehend that. So, yeah. pretty wow. wild. Incredible. All right. Well, yep. very neat. Okay. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Um, a new book that is uh, actually just a few days from releasing. I just got a, a pre-pub copy the other day by Patrick Schreiner, Political Gospel Public Witness in a Politically Crazy World. So it's uh, certainly the right uh, time for that. We're right in the middle of a very heavy political time. Patrick Schreiner says that we tend to get stuck in one of two political ditches. We either privatize our faith or make it partisan. We think that religion and politics should be separate and never intermingle, or we are so aligned with the political party that we can conflate the gospel um, with that. Wow. What he is exploring in this book is just what it means for us to have a biblical public witness. So just got my hands on it the other day. Haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but I'm excited uh, to see it. And it's coming out um, in just a few days. October 18th is when it releases. So depending on when you listen to this podcast, it may already be out. And so give it a give it a, a whirl. Check it out. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. My resource of the week is a new biblical resource for pastors on gender and sexuality by the ERLC. They've got that out over at their website. We'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, but if, if you're, you know, having to deal, I, and I know we all are really, and uh, pastors that I talk to time and time again, dealing with things on gender and sexuality that have completely changed from either when they went to seminary, from whenever they studied this, or just in culture around them. So uh, gender and sexuality, probably one of those things that has changed the most in the last three or four years in our culture and just, you know, we're talking everything from transgenderism to pronoun usage and all that. Uh, there's just so much change. And how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that biblically? The good thing is the dealing with it biblically, Amy, that hasn't changed. So it's just how do you fit that biblical mold into the cultural winds that are, are really changing? So the RLC has provided a resource for you for that over at their website. So we'll link to that in the show notes. So it's called a biblical resource for pastors on gender and sexuality. So uh, important resource uh, with a lot going on in our uh, in our culture right now. There you go. All right. Kind of dovetails, too, into that uh, that politics thing, too. That's uh, right. From, from Patrick there. So, all right. Well, Amy, hey, that's going to do it uh, for this uh, car episode of SPC This Week. What's that? Uh, what's that? The, was it the Jerry Seinfeld show? Yeah, which I've never watched. Cars the getting coffee. Yeah. This so, one's a Southern lot Baptist, less interesting. Yeah. S Southern Baptist and Cars recording podcast. So. Yes, that that's what it was this week. So uh, the the acoustics are good though. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. So all right. Well, hey Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.